The Lord be with you. And with his spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. I remember as I was preparing to make my first Holy Communion, good Father Luke took my first communion class into the church, up into the sanctuary area, and he pointed at the tabernacle. But that's a pretty big word for a six or seven-year-old. And he just said, you see that box up there? And we're all looking at the beautiful gold tabernacle. He asks, you know who's in that box? And I'm thinking, no, who's in that box? He said, God is in that box. And I'm thinking, don't open that box. (laughs) You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know. That's what was on my mind, I think. But I was certainly, in a sense, overwhelmed by such a statement. You might even say that the Holy Spirit was giving me the gift of awe and wonder, the fear of the Lord, in a good sense. That it was, in a sense, unbelievable that God could be in that box. But that's what we are celebrating today. We are thanking God for the gift of the Blessed Sacrament, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, and many other names that we give to the real presence of Jesus in this Blessed Sacrament. His body, blood, soul, and divinity really, truly, substantially present. And we add that last qualifying adjective, substantial, to differentiate from his spiritual presence. Because we're all temples of the Holy Spirit. At our baptism, we all received the presence of God in our souls, in our bodies. 
But there's something different, there's something unique about the real presence of God in the Blessed Sacrament. It's substantial. And that's because of what happens at the consecration. We call that transubstantiation. This is a good little catechism lesson, right? Just to review what we believe, what we teach. Transubstantiation. So the substance changes. But the accidents remain. So this is a little philosophy class, right? The accidents, in other words, the taste, the texture, that does not change. But the substance, the underlying substance of bread and wine changes into the flesh and blood of Jesus. That's what we as Catholic Christians believe. And there's other Christians, especially the Orthodox, who would believe that. But many non-denominational evangelical Christians really only believe that there is a spiritual presence in their communion. But if you were to press the issue, they would not admit that there is a change of substance because there is no visible change. But again, those are the accidents that don't change. So what looks like bread and tastes like bread is in fact the flesh of the God-man, Jesus Christ. And the church has always, always believed this. But even the very first sermon that Jesus gave about this teaching was not very well received. What we read today in the gospel was from John chapter 6, which is known as the bread of life discourse. And Jesus said these words in the synagogue in Capernaum, which became known as his hometown during his public ministry. So after being born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, he adopted Capernaum as his hometown. It's where Peter and Andrew were were raised and, and lived. So the synagogue was literally just a stone's throw from Peter's house. If you've been to the Holy Land, I'm sure you stopped there, right there on the Sea of, of Galilee. So after he finishes this teaching, a number of followers left. They left the, the band of brothers, so to speak. They said, this is crazy. This is too hard to believe. And Jesus turned to Peter, the leader of the band, and said, so what do you think, Peter? Are you going to leave too? And he's like, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. I have, we, we have come to believe that you, know, you are the Messiah, that you have the words of everlasting life. To whom shall we go? So even Peter and the apostles would have struggled with this because they hadn't been ordained priests yet. They hadn't received Holy Communion. 
So they were just taking Jesus for his word. And therein lies a really good lesson for all of us. Because let's face it, I'm sure on some level we've all struggled with faith in the real presence. Again, because you don't see it, you don't taste it, you don't feel it. You have to develop a certain spiritual sensitivity to the real presence. So with the interior senses that we have and with our spiritual sensitivity, we can, in a sense, be aware of the real presence. The Holy Spirit confirms that for us. And then we've had miracles throughout the centuries that help us to believe, where in fact, the accidents, the taste, the texture, the appearance did change. And you saw blood, you saw flesh. The most famous ones are in Italy. The one in Lanciano. Anyone been to Lanciano? Yeah, some of you have been there. So the, the host turned to heart flesh and the precious blood and the chalice coagulated into five globules of blood that still exist today, even though it's been hundreds of years since that happened. And today's feast day was inspired after a German priest was making a pilgrimage to Rome and he himself was struggling with faith in the real presence. But as he was offering Mass, the host, which he was holding in his hands, began to bleed all over the altar cloth, the, what they call the corporal, the square altar cloth that we put down on top of the larger altar cloth. And we still have that relic today, that blood-stained relic today is in the town of Orvieto, just about an hour north of Rome, because that priest took it to the Pope, who at that time was staying in Orvieto, probably on a little vacation. And then that Pope asked St. Thomas Aquinas to compose a Mass in honor of Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. So that's about 800 years ago. And we still have that relic today. We still have that blood-stained relic today. And there have been Eucharistic miracles in our day as well. But perhaps even more amazing is the fact that these old miracles have been studied by modern technology, by modern science. And it's amazing what we can find what we can detect in these old miracles. The fact that it's the heart tissue of a male. That not only is it heart tissue of a male, but it's heart tissue of a male who suffered great duress, who was tortured. So forensic experts can now see all of these things in this Eucharistic miracle. And there's many more beautiful, amazing details that help us to believe. Because we don't normally see that every Sunday, do we? 
but it has happened. And God has allowed that to happen precisely in order to increase our faith, to help our faith. So we pray today for a greater faith and a greater appreciation for the Eucharist. Many of you have not been able to receive the Eucharist for months now. And you've experienced a hunger for this bread from heaven, the bread of angels. And perhaps now you appreciate it more than ever before because it was, in a sense, taken away from you for several months. So maybe some good has come out of all of this. Undoubtedly, there's lots of good things that have come out of this pandemic. But perhaps one of them is just a greater desire for the Eucharist, for Holy Communion. So let's pray that we can all grow in our faith today. And every time that we approach Holy Communion, knowing that God instituted this sacrament out of love for us because he didn't want to be separated from us. A lover desires to be united with his beloved. And it's no different with our God. Jesus wanted to remain with us. And that's, the, that's like the mystery of the Eucharist, that as God is, as Jesus is sitting beside God his Father in heaven, so, in a sacramental way, in some mysterious way, he is right here with us. And he's in all of the other Catholic churches around the world. So he has prolonged his presence in time. Even though God is out of time, he's in heaven, at the same time, he has prolonged his presence in a sacramental way, in a mysterious way. Why? So that we could be in his presence, so that he could be with us and accompany us through time, through our journey on the way to the Father's house. So it was love that motivated him to do what he did at the Last Supper. And he didn't want us to forget that. And that's why we do this in memory of him at every Mass. So that we don't forget, so that we can be loved by God. So that we can have this physical contact with Almighty God. And not die. <laughs> but rather live and live forever. Amen.